Just a quick heads up, this episode has a little bit of language in it. We're gonna see Phil tonight. Yeah. From New Studio 110 in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Niche. A podcast about unique interests. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Paolo Shasta. And uh, Paolo, how do we know each other? Uh, well, we did the Next Generation Boot Camp with NPR this summer. And so this week we are talking about, what are we talking about? Uh, this week we're talking about board games. So Joey, what was the first board game you played? Oh boy, um, I think it was probably like Sorry or Monopoly or Clue or something like that. But the first board game I remember playing with my family is Parcheesi. It's like a really old board game. I think it's from India. What about you? I think my first board game was probably chess. Although my my favorite memory of board games as I was young is playing this really old version of Monopoly, which was like all wooden pieces, uh, and it was really nice. You know, I think I think a lot of people like have those memories like tied with board games, you know, the family gathering around uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving, playing a board game until 1 a.m. or something. I think that's always kind of a nice, nice thing. I think it's a good way that, that board games kind of in the past have brought families together. It has. And so what what games are you playing now? So right now I really like Betrayal on the House at the Hill um, and also Scythe. Oh, yeah. OK, so we played Scythe at the board game bar here in Reno last week it took us about what, like four hours to learn it and play it <laughs> the first time yeah we messed up the entire game yeah but it's okay i mean we'll go back and we'll play it again and it'll be a lot faster and i think it'll be a lot more fun mm-hmm. um but so we talked to the owner of the board game bar hi i'm jeff carter and i'm the owner of the glass die basically it's reno's only board game parlor and so explain to me just a little bit, like kind of break down like what a board game bar or a board game parlor is and wh- what you guys do here. Yeah, which I mean, a board game parlor, like we branded it as that when we started, but it's like I've kind of co- regressed to just calling it a bar at this point because it's simple. Like people know it's like drinks. But that's where our focus is just to have uh, craft beer, like a rotating selection of beer. And with the focus being as, as much on the games as it is on the drinks. They have a lot of beer. How many beers do they have? 12? 12 beers. Uh, like, that's pretty good. Oh, also got soda. Oh, they have coffee? They have soda. Yeah, yeah. Moylan's Kilt Lifter, Under the Rose, Say Serrano Ham, Anchor Porter, Pizza, pizza Port, Peanut Butter Stout, Mexican Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout. Uh, I've been open almost seven months, and we've been doing pretty good. I mean, it's always busy. Friday and Saturdays are still our busiest days, which makes sense. It's never it never been done in this area the way that I've been doing it. So, what did you um What did you do before you opened the board game bar? Uh, I did Wildland Fire uh, for six years, and then three years of conservation work. Uh, so pretty much nothing. I had no background prior to this in either the bar industry or board gaming. I mean, I guess I, I was just I knew that. I really didn't want to fight fire anymore just from mentally and physically exhausting. I mean, as a kid, I'd play a lot of board games like everyone does, but I guess when I kind of discovered, uh, like, the newer style of gaming, like Euro games, like 10 or 12 years ago or so, I was just bored and wanted to play games with friends that wasn't that weren't video games. Uh, I mean, like, Catan was definitely a staple. Like, I mean, it came out 21 years ago. It's a, it was a great game for getting a lot of people into the hobby, but it's kind of been surpassed in many ways. So right now, what's your favorite board game? A lot of people ask me that, and I play a lot of games. Probably right now, uh, Ex Libris, which just came out. We've already played it three times in the last few days. Uh, so we are playing, I always get the name wrong, Betrayal at the House on the Hill. 
choose one of your item cards, not a Nomen card, and put it on the item stack. Then shuffle that stack. Gain one knowledge. Well, yeah. I didn't retain any of that. Uh, you know that meme where people say that millennials are killing everything? Like mimosas, uh, water bottles, and, you know, phones? Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, millennials, because we're not we're not using, you know, specific things that used to be used in the past. We're obviously killing those industries. Yeah, we're adapting. How we're, dare ki- us. We're killing the coal industry, I've heard. <laughs> uh, well, I found an article... Uh, by NBC that says millennials are bringing back the board game industry. Oh, so we're bringing something back, actually. We are. Hey, look at that. So we're bringing, you know, board games were not very popular for a while, and they're becoming more popular now. Yeah, so thanks, millennials. Yeah, hey, thanks, millennials. <laughs> Why do you think the board game industry is making a resurgence all of a sudden? I mean, there's probably two parts. I think one is definitely that people are... The more technology that people have in their lives, I think it's more rewarding to gather around something that's analog, like a different form of entertainment. It brings people together in a way that they really don't experience in any other part of their life for for a lot of people. I mean, if I go out somewhere else, a lot of times people are just gathered around their phones. I think the big part, though, is that the board game industry right now is seeing a huge benefit from globalization and... um, and just there's so many indie developers that have been wanting to design games their whole life, and they finally have the means to economically publish things where, and just the market is just full. It's like, it's the golden era of board gaming. In 2010, the U.S. started to see a resurgence in board games as we began to import games like Settlers of Catan, Pandemic, and Ticket to Ride from Europe. As of 2016, ICV2, a trade magazine, reported the board game industry is worth $1.2 billion, and that number continues to grow today. In 2013, there were roughly 1,100 new board games published, and as of December 2017, there were roughly 2,421 board games being crowdfunded on Kickstarter alone. That's not even including any of the major board game publishers. Where do you see the board game industry going from here? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I hope it keeps getting better. I hope, or at least it just, or it stays the same. It would be nice if the market didn't get super flooded with, um, because it's already become tough to to figure out what to buy uh, week in and week out if there's releases that are constantly coming out. So, yeah, we were, for a while, probably adding 10 to 15 games a week to the shelf, and that one was kind of, it slowed down to, at this point, 10 to 20 a month, just because they're running out of room, and, and there's not as many games are coming out that we want. Can you describe the kind of people who come into the bar? It's very diverse. It's more diverse than I thought it was. Probably almost 50-50 split between gender. And the age range probably runs from like 21 all the way to 70. There's been quite a few groups of older people that that play either old-fashioned gaming or just, yeah, or just they're super into newer stuff. But yeah, it's, it's a very diverse group. To learn more about the board game industry, we found a local board game designer and talked to him. My name is Stephen Aramini, and I am a creative director for an ad agency here in Reno called Foundry. But I'm here today to talk about my hobby, which is uh, designing and playing board games. Well, I mean, like pretty much every kid, I played them when I was a kid. But then, you know, when I got into high school and beyond, I just... I didn't play games at all until many, many years later in like 2013 when I 
got together with uh, my art director at the time, and we just had a idea for a game that was really more just like a graphic design exercise, you know. And um, that's really what kind of started it was creating this game. So I, I almost started designing the game before I started getting into playing games. So yeah, I kind of started it as as more of just like this this design project, and then as we developed it, we really just unearthed and came to realize that there's this whole culture of of board gamers that I didn't even know about. I got it. Oh, God. There's a snit. Ow. Fuck. Wait, so, uh, sanity rolls. Okay. Alright, okay. Here we're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna do this. Oh, wait. I get to roll a die. I get an extra die. Which one? It doesn't matter. I did it anyway. So, I, uh, I get an item card. That's excellent. Uh, so, I found a teapot and I bashed the snake with the teapot. What um what was that first game you made? Uh, so it was called Yardmaster. It is a train themed game. It's a set collection card game, and uh, Dan Thompson did the graphic design, and I did the mechanics design and stuff. And I ended up entering it uh, just in a game design contest for a convention. There's a game convention in Utah, and on a whim, I just kind of decided to enter it in that convention, and and it actually won that contest and got picked up by a publisher from from that convention. I have one other that's a, a micro game that's just a little 18 card game called Circle the Wagons and those are the only two games that are out in the wild but then I have uh, four other games that are in production right now so they'll be coming out either later this year or into next uh, early part of next year. Have you ever wanted to make a board game yourself? Uh, yeah I actually have been working on one for like five years it's a it's a firefighter card game I, I, I shelve it for a while and then like yesterday I was like you know what I'm gonna actually like take this out look at it and then I was looking at it I was like this is actually like kind of closer to finishing it than I thought but I just need to actually put in the work can I like move here and then have the hoplite attack him <laughs> that's very risky don't do that just run to another room all right one two and then after all, you have to unlock that. is it sanity or knowledge doesn't matter, they're both four. <laughs> yeah. Alright, cool. It's awakened. Uh, can you walk us like through your board making process? So I I think it kinda depends on on the day that I wake up, you know. It's like it it really is a different process for every game that I approach. You know, some games I just I are sort of I come up with a theme that I like, and then I sort of build uh, games around that. So like one of the games that is in production is called Barker's Row, and I really designed that one because I just wanted to make a game about being a carnival carnival barker. So that one started with I just had a, this idea for a theme, and, and I decided to just create the mechanics based on that. And then other times I might approach it trying to sort of mash up different kind of mechanics or mechanisms that are sort of popular in games and just kind of bring them together in interesting ways and see what happens. Oh, fuck yeah, Mystical later. Uh, once per turn, roll two dice and move this room next to any open door on anything. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to get to the basement. Two die. Fuck. How long does it take, you know, normally to finish a game? Uh, it can be years, you know, because a lot of times you can spend a couple months just 
trying to develop it into a functioning game. <laughs> but then after that, you know, is really the hard part is deciding what you want to do with it. So there was uh, one group has finished, which it's notoriously like one of the longest modern games. It's called Twilight Imperium. But so they came in. I actually opened the bar early for them because we didn't think they could finish in the allocated. I'm open 11 hours a day. Uh, so we opened at 10 o'clock and they came in and set the game up. They brought in a crock pot of breakfast food and they marathoned this game from like 11 o'clock till 11 o'clock, I think. It took them 12 straight hours. And they finished? And they finished, yeah. And, and that was fun because it was, I, I, that actually did stand out because I, I would, it was a kind of busy Sunday night, but I'd walk over to their table, see how they're doing, look, and then kind of like, oh, he's going to win. And they, would, they wouldn't listen to me. Uh, the guy that I thought would win early on eventually did win. But it was funny seeing the relationships between people slowly deteriorate to where they're like really pissed off at each other but wanting to continue and finish the game. You know, coming up with a game is great that you want to play with your friends. But if you want it to go beyond just your normal gaming group and you want to publish it, you either have to sell it to a publisher, which can be really difficult because... It's hard to get them to even look at games. A lot of major publishers won't even look at new, you know, new designers and stuff. And then the other route is Kickstarter. You know, Kickstarter's made it possible for a lot of people to kind of create create their game. What? I, I object to the floor. I'm standing right there. Like three. All right, three. You're gonna win. Oh god, you're gonna do it again. Yeah. Kill this man. The board game industry has been growing a lot, like recently. I think. I mean, like with the board game bar downtown and stuff, or in Midtown, you can oh, see that sure. it's like. Why do you think? Um, why do you think people are going, like, to board games now? Like, what do you think has made making it grow? I think probably just the fact that there there's a lot more selection now. So there there are a lot of there's kind of something to kind of hit on whatever you're into whatever style of game or whatever the the theme is and so there there's just a ton of options but I think people are just you know I think a lot of people are just looking for uh, an experience that's more interactive and more just more than just sitting and watching a movie or watch playing video games or watching tv you know I think games really bring people together for like a shared experience and I think that's why like escape rooms are so popular now too because it's, it's an escape room is essentially just a big game that you're in and you're just trying to puzzle it out. So I think board games kind of have that to me that same effect where where you bring people together and they and you're trying to you know solve a puzzle, you know whether it's in a room or on a, on your tab table, it's kind to me it kind of has that same experience. I think that's why like cooperative games are so popular now because instead of playing against each other, you know, a co-op game, you're playing with each other. You're trying to complete a shared goal. So I think that's kind of wise. It's just, it's something to bring people together as opposed to like kind of tune out in our world of staring at your, t your phone or into the, into the TV. The first board games appeared in Southeast Turkey where archaeologists discovered rudimentary sets of dye from the year 5000 BC. Board games began to get pretty complex and structured in Egypt around the year 3100 BC. Royalty would play a game called Sinem, which contained a high element of luck due to their belief in predetermined fate. In 1300 BC, board games started to be built around wartime strategy. In ancient Rome, this accumulated in an early version of chess. 
Chess is actually an evolution of a Germanic Celtic family of board games called Tafel. In Tafel, one army started in the center of the board and is surrounded by the other army. The objective of the center army was to escape to one of the corners. And if we jump ahead a few thousand years, Candyland was designed in the late 1940s to keep kids inside during the time of polio. So as you can see, Paulo, uh, board games have been around for thousands and thousands of years. Wow, that's almost as long as it takes to put out an episode of this podcast. What was your gateway drug into uh, into <laughs> game? Like, what was the game? Because you said like you kind of fell off, and then in 2013 or whatever, you started yeah. playing again. What was that game that really got you back into it? It was a game called Ticket to Ride, which is a, a train-themed game, which probably inspired Yardmaster, which was my first game, train-themed game. So that one, um, that one was my my real entry. I kind of got into that, and and then Carcassonne was another early one which is pretty typical of P. It's like Settlers of Catan is the third one, probably that's probably the, the biggest sort of well-known for like new new games. But uh, yeah, for me, it was Ticket to Ride. Uh, what are the three most popular games that people play? Definitely Cards Against Humanity, which I don't like. Secret Hitler, I would say, is probably up there as like one or two. Just because once we get into the busy time of the week, it's just party games. Like it's just that's there are just not that many games that can accommodate more than six people, and those games get played a lot. But yeah, definitely cards, Secret Hitler, and uh, probably Splendor. I'd say of the actual lighter weight strategy games, and Splendor gets has been played at least fifty times. If uh, if Reno was a board game, what game would it be and why? <laughs> uh, I would I'd say it probably has to be something with like gambling, which is kind of a cop out. I don't know though. There is a Carson City board game. Do you enjoy it? Uh, I've never played it. It's hard to find a copy of it. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be cool to have someone make an actual good board game of Reno. So I turned into Medusa, uh, god queen of the snakes, probably. Um, And uh, then the broken rules made it so that I couldn't hit anyone. I stared a couple times, and then I died. Yeah, just, like, give them a try. And if if you live in Reno, go to the glass die and support those guys and they have a ton of games on their shelf so so go uh check them out and and uh, have some fun so why is reno a good market for board game bars i think that it's it just has the population density for for weird unique kind of things like this to exist and i think reno itself has it's just always been that kind of somewhat progressive place where like things like this can exist i mean a, a barcade just opened a week ago and and they're already doing pretty well and it's it's nice to see reno finally have these things that a lot of bigger metropolitan areas have had for years uh yeah so the so Yardmaster is out now and and then circle the wagons by button shy that one's that one's also out and then coming is a game called coin and crown by escape velocity games uh barker's row and Tricky Tides, and then Sprawlopolis. Thank you for listening to this episode of Niche. We hope you learned a lot about board games. If you want to hear more of Niche outside of the podcast, you can catch short versions of the show on KUNR 88.7 in the Northern Nevada area. You can follow Niche on Twitter and Instagram at NichePod, or go to our website, NichePod.com. Today's episode was produced and edited by myself, Joey Lovato, as well as Paulo Jossada. Thanks, Paulo. No problem. We had editorial help from David Calvert. The music in today's episode was First Day by Huma Huma. I'd like to thank Jeff Carter from The Glass Die and Stephen Aramini. 
as well as Jacob Solis, Kent Irwin, and Phil Corbett for playing games with us. Phil was my podcast mentor and has a great podcast called Van Sounds that you should check out. Thank you for listening. Phil, you got turned to stone? Yeah. You just sat around for most of the game? Yeah, most of the game I was just drinking uh, this beer. <laughs> Is that a child with a megaphone? That's a kid with a megaphone. That's great. Yelling at his dad, faster, <laughs> faster. <laughs>